1: What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, Jim Woodward with you today. Sam Humphrey's down on a bachelor party, having a good time, no doubt. But we are with you today. Of course, we are the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Head over to GolfOklahoma.org and follow us on Twitter at the 73rd Hole, Instagram 73rd Hole, as the golf world continues uh, to rotate around the pga tour and live golf tournaments this week all that stuff's going on but taylor you are on the bag this week i believe for an apt event and y'all had an early tea time this morning where are y'all at this week and uh how was the round under par i hope uh well it was close but no cigar on that deal (laughs) so you
0: know coming in hot from total oklahoma play that or i guess technically broken arrow um tournaments over indian springs country club really really good course up here kind of flies under the radar, per se, they have uh, two courses, and they played the uh, the river course today, I believe. So we shot uh, 72 today, two over. So who knows where that would be sitting. So and i tell you what, though, the biggest thing was just getting out of there without losing 80 pounds of sweat because it was so hot. And it's, you know, for anyone who's played Indian Springs, it's kind of down by the river up here in, in the Broken Arrow area. So it was extremely hot. And the, the boys this afternoon, and we'll, we'll be in the afternoon tomorrow, but the boys this afternoon are going to hopefully have some water and be able to – deal with the elements because I had a push card out there, guys, and I had no idea how these guys played and carried their bags. And stuff. It was some of the hardest conditions that I can remember
1: sometimes. So I'm looking at my phone here. We actually have a cold front coming through on Sunday, which is going to be welcome. But prior to that, Taylor, I'm just looking at Oklahoma City, by the way. 98 and sunny tomorrow. 102 and sunny on Friday. 104 and sunny on Saturday, but I actually was not being facetious <laughs> when I said a cold front's coming through on Sunday. Uh, 89, 86, 87. Those are the high temperatures Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So if anybody wants to play golf, might I recommend Sunday, Monday, Tuesday when temps are in the mid-80s? That'd be a lot better than what y'all are dealing with, Taylor. Boy. I, actually know that about. I'll tell
0: you what, guys, today was the first day that I had ever – Whenever there was no rain, I was outside and I had an umbrella out because I was just, <laughs> I mean, I needed some permanent shade to walk around and it came in very, very handy. So definitely, uh, you know, pulling out all the stops this week, guys, because like I said, it was hot. But, but also, shout out to APT here. They had water on every other hole, essentially, had all kinds of uh, nutritious stacks and stuff like that. So they run absolutely great tournaments up there. absolutely great stuff APT's
1: done. And APT, you know, Tour, guys, Go ahead, Woody. Go ahead.
0: I was going to tell you a funny story, though, when when PW's talking about hot. One of the hottest golf terms I can ever remember playing, besides when I was an Asian and in India and Thailand, in America, in August, at the PGA, at PGA National. Uh, that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. It was 1987, long time ago. But it it was what you're talking about, PW. I mean, I've never sweated so much. We had long pants on, couldn't wear shorts. Uh, my brother caddied for me, and I thought I killed him. I really did. I mean, he was uh, – I hit a three-wood on 18 there, knocking in about two feet on Friday afternoon to make eagle to make the cut on the number, and I think my, my brother was really disappointed in me.
1: That's so funny. That's he didn't uh, want to carry it. Woody, have you, have you heard the story about me caddying for Taylor in the transmiss whenever it was really hot out at Oak Tree National? Uh, no. No, I did not hear this. Ta- oh, that. A Taylor, tell that story. It's so good. Woody's got to hear it.
0: Uh, so we're we're playing Oak Tree National Transmissions. two thousand twelve and it's I believe it's the first or second week in July. It's absolutely the worst time we playing golf in this state. And the the last round of that tournament I think they've changed it since since they started doing it, but the uh, the final round if you made the cut was thirty six holes. And um so I get done and I'm I'm not playing very good. They had a Oak Tree so tough tough as it, they possibly could for those two rounds. And we get right. to we started on number ten, so we come around to number eight, the part three and I look at Colby and, and I mean I, I thought I was about to die. My man Colby was clearly about to die out there. No push cart, I'm him.
1: on the bag, no push cart.
0: Oh no push cart, he, he's lugging and I look at him and he just he has that little sad puppy dog look on his face and I just look at him I said, Colby man, you know, I'm I'm already playing so bad, I don't have a chance to win at this point. So so if you wanna if you wanna go home after this round, go ahead. And Woody, I, I shit you not he I, I've never seen the man smile so big in my entire life. And <laughs> As soon as we got done in hole nine, I, I didn't see him. He was gone. I, my He's back gone. was on the green, and he was in his car. And he zoomed off, in. Never Didn't see him for about another week after that. So, uh, <laughs> needless to say, he, uh, he took advantage of me being a, a generous option. But, yeah, you know, he helped me out a lot that week. But uh, only if I could have made a few more birdies, would have him some incentive to stick around.
1: Yeah, Taylor said, hey, man, it's 114 degrees. If you want to go home get in the air conditioning, you can. And I said, Well, I'm not going to turn down a deal like that. This is, uh, oh, this is good stuff we okay. got going here with this early exit and and if
0: they say you know a lot of people think you don't have to be a, you know in physical shape to play professional golf uh, they're wrong <laughs> they're yeah. wrong because there's a lot of times uh, you get situations where it's just unbearable and you're supposed to still make it 5 miles and swing the golf club and concentrate and it's tough
1: yeah absolutely it is this is uh so I didn't get to be here on Monday guys so I don't want to dwell on this for too long but I just wanted to say Matthew Fitzpatrick is so much more likable than I thought Matthew Fitzpatrick was. Even on Live From After, they brought up with him. He was on the set with him, and they brought up the quote where he talked about Bryson DeChambeau and how, you know, people are running the game with the distance and taking the skill out of it. They asked him about it, and he addressed it. He was very open. He was very honest. Guys, I have found Matt Fitzpatrick so much more likable than I ever thought that I would, And, and it seemed like it would be weird to think of Matt Fitzpatrick as a major champion, but I don't know. All the work that he's put in over the last couple of years, he has added distance without really adding bulk. I don't know. I I really have found myself, Woody, enjoying Matthew Fitzpatrick's kind of victory lap that he's made since Sunday, and that's something that I, I didn't really expect myself to be feeling after he won that tournament.
0: Well, you know, nobody really did interviews with him or anything else, even when he's been working his way slowly, but surely up through the the ranks of being a contender. And it, it, it's kind of funny that you say that Colby because I was the same way it's the first real chance I've gotten to see what this kid's all about and his interview process his family uh you know his brother all the storylines that were there uh, you know he is a likable guy I wasn't pulling for him I didn't want a European to win I was going to go USA you know I was pulling for Scheffler I thought let's just get a record-breaking year but when it was all said and done I'm like you buddy I'm I kind of like the dude. He's a pretty cool guy. Well, and, and guys, I, I think, too, that, you know, it boils down to him being is this classic example of another guy from Europe who we just don't really hear about a whole lot, right? Because you look at it, he won the US Ham in 2013, played golf at, at Northwestern for a little bit. So, I mean, come through and he has that already that good reputation. Won, what, five times, I believe, on the DP World Tour. And it's like if he had grown up in America, I feel like that we would have a lot more respect for his game now. But, but you know, makes a good point. With the fact of you know that he's able to address those comments that he made, because because we literally started calling him a nickname, Mister Skill, because he, he pretty much sounded so stupid after what he said about Bryson. So for him to be able to own up to that, guys, I completely agree with you. I find, find myself rooting for him. You know, I, I'm, I'm very similar to Woody though. If he comes down the stretch going against American, I probably won't root for him. But, but he's definitely a lot more likable than I thought he was six months ago, Colby.
1: Yeah, and Will Zalatoris has firmly overtaken the uh, Mr. Runner-Up role with another one this past Sunday. But uh, anyway, let's move on. Everybody head over to GrooveItBrush.com. Get your GrooveIt Brush. Quite possibly the finest golf club cleaner ever made. That is why... They're sold out right now, so you need to go pre-order yours. Uh, usually, they, they've sold out before. They get them back in stock pretty quick, and they will get them to you. Use promo code Seventy Third Hole for 10% off. Seventy Third Hole for 10% off. Uh, guys, Jay Monahan had a press conference earlier and the PGA Tour, as I think most people expected, uh, are making some changes to kind of counteract what's happening with Liv and, and losing some of the stars. So, essentially, what's going to happen, uh, for those who didn't see the press conference, there are going to be increased purses at several of the game's biggest stops. Uh, Century Tournament of Champions is going from 8.2 to 15. Several tournaments are going from 12 to 20. Uh, a couple tournaments going from 15 to 20. And the Players' Championship Purse is going from 20 to 25 million. Overall, the additional increase in purses is uh, amounts to 54 million more dollars in purses throughout the year. Then, beginning uh, next season in the fall of 2023, there will be a Limited uh, elite series of events for the top 50 finishers in the previous season's FedEx Cup. And the guys who did not finish uh, inside the top 70 the previous year in the FedEx Cup will have to go to uh, essentially what is. I mean, I don't know what they're going to call it. It's it's an alternate fall series where those guys will compete with other guys for tour cards for the following season. It, it's a big shakeup for the PGA Tour and and how things are going to operate specifically in the fall, which I think a lot of people have called upon. Uh, it's more money for the stars, which I think we probably saw coming since those are the guys that you have to keep happy. Uh, Taylor, your overall thoughts on the PGA Tour and just they're, they're trying to make moves uh, to to evolve and... And to keep guys on the PGA Tour, uh, I know that you were out on the course today, so you didn't get to see Monahan's press conference. But just kind of the, the bullet point overview, uh, what are your thoughts on on the direction the tour is headed, specifically in the fall?
0: Yeah, so yeah, from everything I heard, uh, mainly from the, the players' meeting that they had yesterday morning, um, it seemed like a lot of these things, guys, had, had been kind of uh, alluded to back whenever Jay Monahan had the players-only meeting down at Honda. Right, I remember him talking about the uh, the top fifty in the FedEx Cup having their own little series or whatever um, in the fall. So, In all honesty, I don't think that these are necessarily bad changes at all. I think that these will actually, for you know, if we're just looking at it from a PGA Tour perspective, I think it would make the Tour better. I, I think the things that we want to miss out on are, or the things that the PGA Tour is missing out on are, I think it's a little too little too late in that sense. I mean, if they would have done this six months ago or eight months ago, made it official, I, I don't know if it would have stopped anyone from going, but yet it still would have had, a little great input, and, you know, even on that element, guys, I think it I think it makes the tour even look a little bit more worse because what are they They literally just came up with all this money all of a sudden, right? Like, I understand they've been talking about it for a while, but apparently they've just been sitting on all this cash to be able to increase these purses and make these other tournaments. So, I don't know, Woody, to me it just seems like the, the tour finally got themselves behind the eight ball, so they, they found a way to come up with some cash and to make things happen. So, I don't know, it just seems like that the timing of it to me, Woody, is what kind of dilutes? Uh, you know what's actually going to come from these changes. What well, you guys, what it screams to me is this has become something they're worried about. I mean, this is starting truly is scaring the PGA Tour because they're knee jerking now. And like you said, TW, it would have sure been what have we done this two years ago and just started building our tour bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, when you wait for somebody to come along to force you to do it, it kind of looks kind of bad, guys. I, I'm 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 still wanting to believe that PGA Tour is going to pull this out and get this thing right. And when they do, it'll be a better tour. And it'll be a better tour because Liv came along. Instead of being the enemy, they might want to be looked at as the, the, the savior to keep the tour what it is. Oh, Toby, you weren't here on monday but we did talk about i still my only worry about this whole thing i still believe the pga tour will ride the ship unless the dp tour turns on them and says you know what now we're going to get bed with these saudis with the lid we're going to start this big massive tour and any american wants to come join the european tour you're welcome that still scares me to death buddy because i I think that could be a nail in the coffin if that happens. And I'm just worried about that. I just worry about that every day. I don't know what's going to happen, but that scares me.
1: Yeah, I, I think what the DP World Tour does matters. I think also uh, whether Liv gets world ranking points matters moving forward because some guys are probably just waiting to see how it plays out, right? Now, a number of the stars have have really – Really committed themselves to the PGA Tour, not not like the Bryson and, and DJ statements they put out in February. Rory, JT, Rom, Morikawa, these guys have really committed themselves, and I, I think that they're pretty solid there. This certainly does feel reactive for the PGA Tour, as opposed to proactive. If they would have done this uh, back in like March, then it would have seemed like they were were doing something. Um, again, this is reacting to live. I, I will say, in terms of just coming up with 54 million dollars. Uh, Jay Monahan was asked about that. He said that some of that will be uh, with increased commitments from sponsors, so it's not all money that was just laying around. Part of that is probably from what I would assume is the PGA Tour's equivalent of a rainy day fund. Uh, A rainy day fund is a good thing to have, and it's a rainy day for the PGA Tour. So, uh, I mean, yeah, have they been sitting on some money? I'm sure they have, Um, but, you know, you, you have those... You have savings for whenever things go wrong. It's like a couple of weeks ago, uh, my wife's car needed $1,800 worth of repair. Well, we had a little rainy day fund we were able to dip into so that it didn't crush us. I think kind of this is the, the tour's edition of a rainy day fund, Taylor. And, and you know, I, I completely agree
0: with what you just said, Cole. I think my next question of that is, okay, well, if, if they went into their rainy day fund, okay, so be it. But how much more of that rainy day fund do they have? <laughs> and question. I mean, is it, And how much more is left in in that tank? You know, obviously, you're dealing with with your wife's car and all that. You know, you can have as much as you want. No one's ever going to question it. But PGA Tour, they've been scrutinized for years with not giving enough back to the players. So, you know, how much more are they technically sitting on? Because, you know, kind of like we kind of put two and two together, they have been sitting on some money and at least more potential to get that out there. And it's like, do I think they're sitting on enough money to be able to pay the players like they are on the live? Absolutely not. I don't think that that's ever going to be a possibility for the PGA Tour. But at the same time, it's just kind of highlights and, and obviously, you know, you're just watching on the news, right? And you're not going to see this because we've been there, but we know that that the, the PJ tour has these rainy day funds. and They have these extra revenue, have, revenue paths, I guess you would call them to be able to get some more money to funnel in. And I don't know, Woody, it's just, is the live going to come out next year? Say they're having what? 10 or 12 more events, or, or I guess it would only be a handful more events, but come out and say they're having a handful more events. So the PJ tour comes out and all of a sudden just keeps giving more money every year, you know? So it's, you know, how much, that's my real question, Is how much more deeper does this Randy Dane fund go to the PGA Tour, how and many, how many more times are they going to try to dip into it to be able to match what the lifters being able to give these players? It, it's one of those times where we say, I wish we had a crystal ball. Uh, Colby was right, though. World ranking points, there's just so many of these important little steps for this to become even more of a story. World ranking points is huge. Okay? Because that's what gets these guys in majors. And whether you're playing the live tour, the Corn Ferry, the PGA, the Champions, it doesn't matter what tour, majors is what they want to win. They might not say if these guys don't own good live when they say, well, if we lose the majors, we lose the majors. Uh, True sir, I think that's bull. I'm telling you. Anybody played majors loves it and wants to do it again and again and again. Without world ranking points. You really can't. There's no way. Because if these guys can't get world ranking points, all they can get is money. And then I'm back kind of on Colby's team. Because if that's all you're after, that's fine. I don't care. I don't blame you. I mean, you know, for these guys making hundreds of millions or Taylor Gooch making $30 million, whatever the number is, it's life-changing. And they will never have to worry about their, 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 their home or their wives and kids again. So I get it. But we still got a lot of bridges out there, guys, that have been built that could change how this whole thing's going to turn out, okay? So we're just going to watch.
1: Another thing I'm very curious about, and and just guys like uh, Andy Ogletree and David Pooch. Andy Ogletree and David Pooge in the first live event. They're out. I mean, we get another couple commitments. Bryson Reed, uh, Kepka, these guys answer. These guys are in. Ogletree and Pooge are out. So now I'm very curious as to what guys like that do. I mean, they got one. Taylor. So, I mean, are these guys going to go play Asian tour? I, I would assume that they wouldn't have status on the DP world tour. So maybe they could go play the challenge tour and try to work their way up. But I, I do fear that some young guys are making some very short-term decisions here because yes, if you are Abe Answer and Liv wants you to come, then you're going to be able to play Liv for five years. But if you're David Pooge, you got one event and you already got booted. And I don't know what that guy does now. I mean yeah. that, that's that's
0: that's a really good point, Colby. Because like you said, the, the live is going to keep having more players come in, and it's or is the Liv going to just keep expanding their fields? I don't think so. I don't. I think that's one of the things that they're kind of highlighting on is not having excuse me 144 person man fields to be able to do it. So you know, it's going back to uh, to Puig and um, the other guy you mentioned for guys name slipping off my head Ogletree, right now. But Ogletree, yeah, Ogletree, Ogletree yes, sorry. They're, they're probably going to go. If I had to guess, they'd probably go to the Asian tour. It would probably be on my number one guess. Um just off of that. Maybe, like you said, maybe they'll go to the Challenge Tour. They'll do that because they're not going to have full status on the DP World Tour. And obviously, we know that they can't play in Corn or anything like that. Um, I will say this. It is, for people like, someone like Taylor Gooch and Abraham Anser, I think that the World Ranking Points make a lot a lot bigger difference than for other players. Like, for example, like like Brooks Koepka, he won four majors in a, in a three-year span or whatever. He's he's exempt through the majors till I believe, 2024. And, uh, you know, Bryson the same way. He won the 2020 US Open. DJ won the 2020 Masters. So, you know, a lot of these guys have exemptions into these majors for at least another another three years. So I, I think that the, the world rankings has a lot more impact on guys like Taylor Gooch and Abraham answer. I know he won a, a World Golf Championship uh, last year, but yet that still doesn't give you the, the entry into the majors as it does, you know, winning a major gives you five years into it, unless you win that major. Like, for example, Bryson, he's going to be able to play the US Open for another 10 years. So, and DJ, because he won the U.S. Open 2016, he'll be able to play to 2026. So, like I said, guys, I, I think that the world – because you guys are absolutely right. The world ranking, if Liv's going to be able to get those, is going to have a huge impact. But let's just say, for example, that the Liv, they don't grant the Liv the world ranking points. But if the DP Tour still wants those players to come play, then all those players are just going to go play the DP events because the world ranking, how they configure the points, is based off how many top 200 players are in the field. So all of a sudden, if you have a DP World event and you have DJ Bryson, uh, Reed, um, you know, all these other guys that are rumored to go over there who haven't even been made official yet, if they get those guys into the strength field, it's going to be great. So there's so many avenues to go do it. And we've talked forever about, you know, uh, they say Jay Monaghan has a lot of power. I don't think he has that much power at all in this situation. And obviously, Fred Ridley and the majors have the most power. But DP World Tour right now, I think, has the most power and the most control over what's going to happen the next 10 to 15 years of golf right now. And that's crazy because we've never been able to say that, guys.
1: Yeah, it, it's definitely yeah, it's definitely very different. I'll be curious to see what the DP World Tour does because the PGA is still wanting to strengthen that relationship, but it takes two to tango. So we'll see what that looks like moving forward. Everybody go see our good friends at Quell Creek Bank. They are a family bank and that's what they want you to be. They want you to become family. Go see our good friends at Quell Creek Bank. Uh Woody, I know you're friends with the people there and I know that they'll take good care of our listeners.
0: Oh, and that's a uh that's what I always love about that bank. They're golfers. So, uh, that's why I got tied to them. They're all, all the family and a lot of the people work the bank are all golfers. So they're friendly and they're friendly to us golfers. That's what I like about them. They're friendly to everybody, but they love golf. So, uh, you'll see their commercials
1: during the majors. And, uh, Great people. Glad they're on board with us. Absolutely. Everybody give them a call. 405-755-1000. 405-755-1000 at the corner of 122nd and May. All right, Uh, gentlemen, before we take a break, I do want to get y'all's thoughts on one last thing that is significant, but it is flying massively under the radar because of everything that's happening in the world of golf right now. Uh, Fellas, the 13th hole at Augusta National is very much under construction and if you have not seen the picture i recommend that you seek it out online uh it is a dirt patch it looks like perhaps a new t-box maybe some different leveling in the fairway it looks like even the creek might be getting moved i don't know what the hell's going on on 13 taylor but a bunch of dirt is getting moved around in augusta georgia
0: I, i am very interested to see probably more interested excuse me out of any course change that i can remember I mean, I don't even remember seeing the overhead pictures of them doing number 11 last year. It didn't look like it was going to be entirely different, and it ended up being a, a pretty good size different hole. But, guys, it looks like to me 13 is going to be incredibly different. Um, one thing I'm interested to do is I want to go back and look at some, some old pictures of the 13th hole because that, that seems to be what they'd like to do, guys. You know, they want to try to get it back to the feel of what it played whenever the Bobby Jones and Clifford Roberts first opened the play. So I'm very interested in that. I, I will say this, though, guys you know, a lot of things sound good on paper. We we had the the 15th hole move back last year, and it didn't seem like that bad a thing. Then we get in the tournament, and literally no one can go for the green, and we had no Eagles made the entire week. So, and you know, one thing to to note about moving the tee back on 13-2 is are they going to have to cut some trees out on that corner? Because I don't think a lot of, I think there's a handful of guys in the field that aren't going to be able to get across the corner. So, is that going to force more more players to have to lay up now? Which I think is going to end up being a possibility. So, I don't know, Woody. I think that I'm just optimistic because I believe and I trust Augusta National with the changes they make. But 13 is one of my favorite holes in the world, maybe my favorite part five in the world. The last thing I want to do is see it ruined. Well, and you know they won't ruin it uh, if they can help it. That's that's not in their mind when they do anything. But what's always fun about Augusta is they – they, that, you know what, they didn't have a board meeting to decide they were going to do that. <laughs> there weren't a, you know, there weren't a doctor or lawyer on the board going, well, I think we need to lengthen this hole, like they know anything about golf. I'm I'm busting some chops people, so there's probably going to be some board members out there at clubs are going to be mad at me, but I don't care because they don't know what they're doing. Here's the thing. They didn't like the guys going over that corner. They were hitting, some guys hitting 3 woods a lot of guys were hitting three-foot, either. Cutting the corner or turning it around the corner, I think they're going to be good guys with the fact that they can still get out there to the top of the hill or up there where they hit at least five irons, you know, four irons, three irons, something like that. They don't like when the guy has an eight iron or a seven iron and a ten. They they they, they think that's too short. So that's what they're going to be up to. And you're right because they're going to have to turn it around the corner so they're going to have to give them a little bit of room. That creek might be moved a little bit, but I'm sure it's in their budget, whatever they want to do. (laughs) So I think they'll do whatever they're going to do. And if it plays the way it's supposed to, they'll keep it. And if it doesn't, they'll change it again. They're not scared to make changes.
1: No, you're right. I think about the only people in uh, the world of golf with more money than them is the folks running Live. So a bunch of money running through Augusta National Golf Club. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what they end up doing to number 13. Let's take a break, come back on the other side. We might be able to get a hold of Sam uh, for a quick 5-10 minutes uh, as he's out today. And then we will preview the Travelers Championship DraftKings one and dones. The works coming up on the other side. Stay with us here. The 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.
2: When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs.
1: We're back rolling along here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. We did try to connect with our man Sam Humphries who's at a Rangers game down in Arlington and it is very loud in Ranger Stadium. He couldn't hear us. We could only hear what was going on behind him. Uh, so he'll be back next week to give his thoughts on everything happening in the world of golf as he's having a good time down in the great state of Texas. Gentlemen, the Travelers Championship, uh, pretty good field, not as good of a field as it was two days ago. Brooks Kepka uh, withdrew, obviously ahead of the live announcement, Abraham answer, not in the field, Uh, and then Justin Thomas this morning, uh, I know, Taylor, you were out on the course, probably didn't see this, withdrew, immediately took to Twitter to make sure that there weren't any rumors, he tweaked his back earlier in the week, he said, Uh, so he is sitting out to treat and rest his back, so uh, yeah, no JT, no Kepka, no answer, but still a a pretty good field for Travelers. Yes, it is, guys, speaking of that, I got strength the field pulled up, if y'all want to give it a fire. Oh, uh, is this including the withdrawals? Uh, I do not believe it is. No, let me let me double check that. Because that makes it pretty. Because JT's what five in the world somewhere, somewhere somewhere right around there. So if he's out, then that's going to drop the string. Justin to field quite Thomas a bit. is still Justin Thomas is still listed in. So yes, yeah, so this is before the withdrawals. Okay, before the withdrawals, I'm going to go looking through here. I think it's probably about three eighty nine would be my guess. Would he? I think it's a little over 400.
0: I, I think Woody's close to spot on. It's 461. Ooh. So I, I, I think that Woody will probably end up being pretty spot on once, once those guys, uh, you know, the withdrawals end up counting in there. Because, like you said, Colby, Justin Thomas, number five in the world. But yeah, Scotty Scheffler and Roy McClory, one and two in the world. That definitely helps bolster the, uh, the old strength of building. And yeah, the Travelers, I think, guys, what, what's helped too is that, you know, it's, uh, the uh, U.S. Open was in Massachusetts, and this. This term is in Connecticut, so you know it's not a very hard drive for these guys. They can just kind of cruise up the road and get to playing and the travelers usually get uh, you know, TBC River Highlands is normally a pretty favorable course of players.
1: Uh, yeah, the players love this golf course. Looking at the odds here, Woody, I've got Rory as the favorite at nine to one ahead of Scheffler. Scheffler's ten to one. And then we go Cantley, Xander, Burns, and Spieth. Those are all the guys at twenty to one or better. Uh, anybody up there get you really excited, Woody? You know, I
0: I was impressed with this deal coming from a U.S. Open. And, and uh, if you don't think Jetsler gets excited with this golf course, boy, he gets me excited in a big way because he is just a, that little cut shot he hits around that golf course. I was fortunate enough that they they played it when I was on tour. That's how long they've been playing this golf course. Wow. But it's a great golf course for a cutter. If I if I can cut that golf off, it's – it's a great golf course for him, and I like Kessler.
1: Did you uh, Did you like this golf course, Woody, when you played it? How did it rank for you in terms of just routine tour stops?
0: You know, I, I liked it for two reasons. One is it was always a little cooler because <laughs> it seemed like at this point in the tour you wanted anywhere you could go that was a little, not as much heat. The other thing is the crowds there were fast. I mean, big. Big crowd, a huge crowd. Please stop. So that always got me trembling up a little bit. And a bunch of good holes for a TPC golf course. The back nine's got some really good holes on. The front nine, yeah, it's okay, but the back nine for you, some really good holes on that back nine. They're fun to play and uh, fun to watch. I mean, you got the drivable par four. You got seventeen, which is a brutal tee shot with the lake right. There's a lot of good holes and a lot of, a lot of excitement to come down the stretch. A lot of birdies make. So it's a great tournament to
1: watch. Yeah, absolutely it is. You mentioned the weather, by the way. So I went ahead and looked up the weather in Cromwell, Connecticut. High today was actually 63 as some rain rolled through today. Tomorrow, the high is 77 degrees in Cromwell, Connecticut. It'll go 81, 90, and then 90 the three days after that. So some welcome cooler weather, I would imagine, for the tour guys. Uh, we're going to dive into DraftKings. What are you sticking around or are you heading?
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that to you, boys. Since I still don't understand that any further, I throw it. But you guys, we did have to say one thing, even though we couldn't talk to Sam. Sam has been sending text messages, and, and our Saudi Arabian Sam is on a roll. I, you know, he is. Uh, he's he disappointed Jay Monahan in a big way. He, he thinks he found all this funny. He didn't like it, and Sam wants us to tell him. Because he wants to go on record, he thinks there's going to be four more guys that are high ranked ahead of Kepka that are getting ready to go to that tour. So he said, so he said, "I can say that on the on the podcast." So he's gonna he's gonna let him die with it. He says we're gonna have four more higher than Kepka. So I'll leave that with you guys to go to your drafting, but. Uh, I'm thinking about buying him a turban when he gets home. I think he's, <laughs> I think he's, I think he's going crazy on it. He's just all living it.
1: <laughs> all right. Great stuff, Woody. You're the man. Uh, have a good one. All right, see you guys. All right, that's Jim Woodward. He's always here with us on the seventy-third hole, getting out of the way for our uh, our DraftKings stuff. Be interesting to see if more high-ranking guys go. Uh, Sam said he's expecting four. Taylor, we've only got three spots in Portland, so if if there are more to come, then uh, one of those four would have to be after Portland. So we'll see what happens moving forward. Uh, You ready for a little DraftKings? Do I get to uh, boast about my lineup last week? Is it that time in the program? Uh, you might as well, since you uh, you decided to fade Fitzpatrick last week and still somehow won the draft. Season. I'm not sure how that works out, Colby. I'm not either. It was an absolute miracle. Your dad finished second. I finished first without Fitzpatrick and a missed cut. So I just uh, – I had a bunch of guys. I had Zalatoris, a couple other guys up in the top 10 to 15. You know who my moneymaker was, Taylor? It was Denny McCarthy. I love me some Denny McCarthy.
0: Dude, he's just an absolute putty team, man, and it's – you know, you expect that to, you know, the ball striking may not work too well in the major championships, but he was able to get it done, get it done last week at at, uh, at Brooklyn. So, yeah, Colby, I think that even though, I, I'm not sure how the law of averages work out there, like we're saying, but, you know, the fact that you were able to win DraftKings, it just proves that a blind squirrel of a matter.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's dive in here. Uh, cheapest option, I go with him a lot, Taylor, because he's just, he's cheap and he makes cuts. Give me old man Sink, Stewart Sink, 7,000, don't miss the layup. Dude, I, I think that you picked Stewart Stink more than I picked, uh, our oh boy Steve Bez with Christian Zayn, dude. It, it's
0: getting a little ridiculous. It's like if, if Stewart Stink's in the field, you might as well go ahead and write it down. So I, I think that I'm going to turn into into that with this, my next pick right here. I'm, I'm mad at myself, Colby, because I was baiting between two players last week. I was baiting between Ryan Fox and, and this player I'm about to mention. And, and I went with Ryan Fox and missed the cut. And I told myself, as long as he stays cheap, I'm going to keep rolling with him. That's Chris Goddard up, man. 6,400 this week, I think it's an absolute steal. Up in the area where he grew up, grew up around that area. So, you know, I, I actually really do like Gardner up this week. I, I would all honestly, if I had to make a best bet this week, Colby, I'd probably go Chris Gardner up top 25. I think that wow. this is the week that he starts getting getting things figured out there. So I'm really high on Gardner up this week. My next pick, Colby going up to 7,400. This is a guy who you and me have both been on a little bit this year. Give me Aaron Rod. I mean, he's playing some really good golf. finished thirteen. At, at Canada a couple weeks ago, so 26 at the Memorial. It seems like almost every single week, Kobe going back the last 10 weeks has only been, I believe, two weeks out of the last 10 where he has not gained stroke gain approach. So I really love Aaron Wright, the two club, the, the two glove banded himself. So I, I would expect Aaron Rye to make a little bit of a
1: run goal. Yeah, I've been on Aaron Rye a lot. I'm not on him this week. I'm going 200 cheaper with a guy who I just run out at Travelers, Kevin Streelman. He's made it known that it's his favorite stop every year. He missed the cut here last year, but he's got a runner-up here. He's got a win here. A couple more top 15s, couple more top 10s as well over his career. Not playing the best golf right now, but he's been very open and honest that this is his favorite uh, tour stop. He loves the Travelers Championship, so I'm just going to hope that that continues at 7,200 with Kevin Strillman. Uh, and then I'm going to jump up from there. I'm kind of a little bit middle loaded this week, Taylor. I've got Denny McCarthy. He's been good to me. So I'm just going to keep running him out. 8,300 for old Denny McCarthy. And he's on a pretty good little run. Seventh last week at the US Open. Fifth a couple of weeks prior at the Memorial. Uh, and he's made a bunch of cuts in a row. I don't even know where. Uh, I mean, I'm looking through here. Uh, WM Phoenix Open. Last time he missed a cut. So I'm just going to keep riding uh, Denny McCarthy while he's hot.
0: Yeah, that that's, that's you know, he did you right last week, Colby. I, I've had him a couple weeks as well. You know, Strillman and McCarthy, Colby, are two guys I wanted to put in my lineup and I didn't do it. So that probably means they'll end up having, doing really well. So I'm going to go up to my next pick, Colby, going up to 7,700. But you, you brought Kevin Strillman, a guy who absolutely loves, um, uh, TVC River Highland. So I'm going to pick another guy in that same boat. That's Brendan Steele. You know, I'm going to go back very much like Kevin Strillman, missed the cut last year. But he lost almost three strokes of putting. So it's kind of hard to make the cut when you do that. But other than that, Colby, 21st, twenty-first, fourteenth, seventeenth, fifth, thirteenth, thirteenth, or twenty-fifth in there as well. So I absolutely love Brendan Steele. And with the recent form as well, finished ninth at Southern Hills, CJ Championship, and then finished top ten at the Memorial as well. So been on a little bit of a run. So really love Brendan Steele. Now I'm gonna go up, Colby, seventy seven hundred, going all the way up to seventy eight hundred. I'm getting back on the bandwagon again, getting Christian there I think he I think he's getting on one of these oh, runs, Colby, where he's go. just gonna he's gonna keep he's gonna keep just making these cuts, man. So he finished fifteenth out of Charles Schwab. Didn't do very well at the PGA Championship where I picked him, but I do think this is a course that will suit this game. You have to have to be accurate off the tee here, Colby. One of the probably the biggest focal points at T V C River Highlands and Bazeton who it, it does not hit it very far, but he is a very accurate off the tee. So I'm getting back on the train, Colby, and I'm going
1: to keep riding until he lets me down. I wondered how long you were going to be off the sea bezel train, because this used to be just like a daily occurrence here with the sea bezel, but you're back. It's good. I'm sure he's glad to have you back on the bandwagon as well. Uh, Taylor, you took Aaron Rye. How about Aaron Wise? I'll throw a little Aaron Wise at you to match your Aaron Rye. Second, a few weeks ago, at the Memorial, 27th at the U.S. Open, has not missed a cut since the Valspar has made the cut in both trips to the Travelers. Uh, Low finishes, none inside the top 45, but he's playing a lot better golf right now, I think, than he has at any other point in his career, so I'll take Aaron Wise at 8,800. And then at 8,900, I'm going up to another guy that I just run out with regularity now, Taylor, and this is a guy that I had in my lineups last week as well how about davis riley he's just a rock he missed the cut at the heritage since then he has six top 15 finishes since the heritage that was the week after the masters taylor he has six top 15 finishes since then i'll take davis riley and uh hope for the best at was that 8900 for davis riley
0: I i thought about having davis riley in there too i I just i worry about you know when is when is the the fatigue going to start kicking in he had to he had to qualify for the U.S. Open That's 36 holes, not, you know, one of the longest days in golf, and then he made the cut to the U.S. Open playing real – so the, the, the game is there. I'm just worried that the one time that I start to jump on the bandwagon is when he's going gonna to fall apart and not have a very good week. So that was the thing that scared, scared me away, but I wouldn't be shocked at all if he had a top 10, top 15 finish. My next two picks, Colby, are, are two guys that I think have a great chance to win this tournament. 9,600, give me Joaquin Neiman. I mean, you, you were just absolutely raving about him up at Southern Hill and rightfully so. I mean, he's just an absolute ball strike machine. Finished third at the Memorial a couple weeks ago. Made the cut uh, this past week at the U.S. Open. And then you talk about a guy who hasn't missed the cut. Hasn't missed the cut going all the way back to the Honda this year, which was the week after he won at Riviera. So that's kind of expected to come back. So Joaquin Neiman plays an absolute stellar golf. And he, Joaquin did finish fifth here in his first appearance in 2019. So I, I do like Joaquin Neiman. Then Colby. Yeah, I'd go with the guy that I think is gonna win the tournament. I mean, he finished eleventh, twelfth, and seventeenth here the two times or the three times they've played here. And looking back on it, hasn't played bad golf since the Bolero Texas open where he missed the cut. That's the PJ Tour standout himself as spokesman Roy McIlroy. I mean I think that he's just on this run right now to where he just wants to make statements for the tour and he's using the live stuff as momentum and all the players leaving. I mean he even he made some pretty brass comments today I saw. He essentially ripping Kepkin, all these guys who said they were committed to the tour. And leaving, and I think that actually – Rory's i guy that pissed him off. So he's been using that as motivation. And I don't see any reason, Kobe, that his good play is going to stop this week.
1: Yeah, there's been a lot of conversation today uh, that Brooks apparently was telling all the guys behind the scenes, like telling his peers that he was staying and that they were shocked whenever he ended up going. So, yeah, I think, Rory, you, you could tell that he was a little bit uh, frustrated with Kepka going. Maybe there were some conversations behind the scenes that we weren't privy to. Uh, my most expensive option, Taylor – I mean, you nailed it. Joaquin Neiman, 9,600. I love me some Joaquin Neiman. I've been on him almost all year. I I thought I was going to regret not having him uh, last week at the U.S. Open. He ended up fading after a good start, finished 47th last week. But third, a couple of weeks prior at the Memorial, uh, love me some Joaquin Neiman. I'm just – He hits it so good, and and whenever it comes together with the short game and the putter for a week, I just love his chances to contend. Uh, Taylor, despite my success in DraftKings, I was abysmal last week in the one-and-done with our good friends Xander Shoffley and Tony Finau. Uh, Xander actually backdoored a 14th-place finish with a Sunday 68, which was a much better finish in that tournament than he deserved, so 241K there. Tony Finau, uh, Taylor, last week I went as far as to compare Tony Finau putting to Andre Robertson shooting threes like that's what it looks like visually to the eye so I got a little bit roasted last week in the one and done so I'm gonna let you go first there
0: I mean and that's a miracle because my one and done has been maybe the worst of all time it's been absolutely abysmal I picked Justin Thomas Brooks Koepka and the best I can get is the top 37 or something like that <laughs> so absolutely abysmal but I, I'm gonna go the. like once again this is not the guy I'm taking the winning tournament I probably have to go with with Rory there but I'm not going to go ahead and use Rory. I'm going to go with guy who played really well last week, finished seventh. kind of ran out of some gases, putter, cost him on Sunday. But he's yeah, still playing some really good golf. That's Keegan Bradley, Colby. I mean, can we talk about another guy who hasn't missed a cut? He hasn't missed a cut going all the way back to the bounce this year. And before that, that's his only – Kobe. that's his only missed cut all year. Finished fifth, down the players eighth at the Valero Texas open second at the Wells Fargo where Max Homa one. So really do love me some Keegan Bradley. And he has missed the cut here the last two years, so I am a little bit worried about that. But in a second, in 2019, eighth, and 2017, and had made the cut every other time before that. So I'm going to hopefully ride uh, ride the go- good momentum that the uh, Boston uh, man got in his uh, hometown major last week.
1: Taylor, you're officially stealing my thunder. You did it with Neiman, and you did it with Bradley. And you did it with Bradley! I was between Aaron Wise and Keegan Bradley on the one and done. This was already submitted. I can forward you the email for my submission uh, about a half hour, 45 minutes ago, whenever I picked Keegan Bradley in the one and done. He's just... Man, he's playing good golf. He had the 8th the at the Valero, 4th at the Zurich in the team event, 2nd at Wells Fargo, 7th last week at the U.S. Open. He's a talented player. Uh, he's got the runner-up finish here in 19, another top-10 finish in 2017, and he has played here a ton. Course knowledge, all that good stuff, and he's playing great golf right now. Love me some Keegan Bradley this week, so uh, I guess we are attached at the hip for the one-and-done, which, if I'm being real honest, doesn't make me feel great, Taylor.
0: No, it, it shouldn't. You, you should be absolutely scared to death. I'm surprised you didn't go in and, and switch to Aaron Wise after you heard that big king. That'd probably your best bet. But one thing we had going for, us, Kobe, is that I'm looking at it right here, besides that valve part that I mentioned where, where he missed the cut, Keegan Bradley has not lost stroke gain approach one other tournament all year. And the last four tournaments, Kobe, he's gaining uh, stroke gain off the tee. The fewest Title of those was .38. So he's just been an absolute ball striking machine. And three of the last four weeks, he's gaining strokes on the green. So, I mean, the numbers are adding up COVID. The only thing that's gonna hurt him is the fact that we're both on him, and that is usually the definition of the kids' death.
1: Yeah, absolutely, no doubt about it. So, uh all right, anything else? We've covered a lot of ground today. Appreciate Woody yeah. tried to make it work with Sam, just uh couldn't hear anything. Parting parting thoughts, Taylor.
0: Uh yeah, real quick, let's get off the uh let's get off the golf trade. Let's talk about basketball. It's gonna be our last show before the hey. uh, Thunder. Uh, Thunder draft this next week. What what do you expect to see
1: on Thursday? All right. Tomorrow, the Thunder have picks 2 and 12. I expect it to go pretty chalky at the top. I expect Smith to go number one, and then I expect the Thunder to take Chet at number two. I think Paolo goes to Houston at three. Beyond Paolo at three, I think the draft could get very – Very weird. I think that there is a chance that by midnight tomorrow night, Lou Dort is no longer a member of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, There's been a lot of talks and a lot of rumors about them moving up from 12 to 7 with Portland and Portland being interested in Dort. And then Oklahoma City even potentially then packaging 7 and some future first to get up to number 4. I... Man, pass number three, I think it gets really weird. Uh, if the Thunder stick in their two positions, I think they wind up with Holmgren at two and probably Sohan at 12 uh, for another defensive guy. Presti loves those defensive guys, so if they stick, that's what I think happens. If Sohan falls that far, but, I mean, trying to predict what Sam Presti is going to do on draft night, I mean, we, we've got a better chance at uh, predicting what Brooks Kepka is going to do next week. I, there's literally no doubt about that. That's I- <laughs>
0: That's a perfect analogy there. So, if you had to put your money on it, over your next paycheck, do the Thunder trade up with that twelve pick, or do they stay put? If you had to bet on, it?
1: if I had to bet on it, I think they trade up. There are only so many assets that you can have because there are only so many roster spots. Thunder have like twenty six draft picks. Well, you don't have twenty six roster spots over the next four years. Trade some draft picks, trade some assets, move up. I think they end up moving up from twelve. Actually, I think I've talked myself into it.
0: I, I hope you're right. If they can somehow get uh, get home, or if somehow Smith falls, which I don't think will happen, that'd be great. Then if they can move up and get uh, get either J90, if they have to move way up, or they could get, uh, what's the kid's name from, uh, the Griffin kid from Duke or wherever he's from, um, or the Sharp kid from Kentucky. Those seem like pretty good guys. They can get one big man and then a guy that can shoot some threes. There's not going to be any tanking next year, Colby.
1: Yeah, how about a little uh, little basketball talk on the seventy third hole? I'm fired up for the draft, uh, primarily because the I love under- the draft, man. It's great. I I wouldn't I love have loved it. it if the Thunder would have gotten seventh with the ping pong balls. I don't think I would love it that much. But since the Thunder that's got two, and, since Thunder got two and twelve, I'm all in. Well, and and the 12th pick, Colby, People forget that's the Clippers pick. I mean, the Clippers. Yeah.
0: We're not expecting to be a lottery team to start the year, but it worked out really, really damn well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, great stuff. Can't wait for the NBA draft tomorrow, hopefully. Uh, Impresti, we trust. That's the saying around here. If you're if you're one of our out-of-state listeners, Impresti, we trust is what we say whenever it comes to basketball. Uh, Taylor, you and I will be on the Sports Animal Sunday morning, 10 to 11. Sam will still be out of town, but we are going to hold it down. Good luck to you and Cody tomorrow. Uh, how long is this APT event?
0: It will. So today was the first round. Um, tomorrow will be the second round. Then there'll be a cut after tomorrow. So then if the the four rounds will take place, uh, Friday and Saturday will be the, the final two days. And uh, kind of like you said, Cole, we have the cold front coming in on Sunday. So the day after, what a shock that.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, great stuff. Uh, we will be back on Sunday on the Sports Animal, and then Sam will be back with us on Monday of next week. Uh, my wife's maternity leave ends next week, so it's going to get real interesting for me wow, no. uh, as I start to balance uh, real-life responsibilities with also being the primary caretaker at home. I'm going to be honest with you, Taylor. I'm a little nervous for her to go back from maternity leave. It's going to get a little dicey in the pal house. I mean you got you got the responsibility, Kobe. I mean you gotta make sure Layla's got to change diapers
0: and gotta have a full belly and you know, you know you won't have to do the breastfeeding, hopefully. So, you know, still keep that with with, with Dana. But uh but no, you're gonna do a great job. You you you're, you're definitely learning the ropes these first few weeks. and is just helping you along the way.
1: Right. The uh, the thing about 11-week-olds, they're not very patient. It's like when they need a diaper change, they need it right then. When they need fed, they need it right then. So uh, we'll make it work. Thanks, everybody, for listening once again to the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.